You're listening to a Franciscan Voice podcast. Your voice for all things good. The following was inspired by a character of the Bible. The narrative created around this figure is fictional and is not intended to incur historical accuracy. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. When I first read these words, there was a great stillness that took place in me, a stillness I had so yearned for during such restless times. But how is it that this stillness came through something that both confused and startled me? The son of the Hebrew God, the Messiah they call him, did he really visit us as a child? These are dark times for Rome. We are not in need of a child but a conqueror to sort out divisions and bring peace to these lands. At least that is what I once thought. You see, Some people will never know the worth of the thing until someone tells them. It may not seem like a profound insight, but if it wasn't for Luke and his stories, well, I would have never found this new birth that I am about to share with you. My name is Theophilus. My friends call me Theo, and I am the one to whom Luke dedicated his gospel. Luke wrote these stories so that all may come to know the accounts of Christ, what he taught, what he did, and what he is still doing to bring about a stillness in all of us that we might better prepare our hearts for the one who is to come. I hope, if anything, through my testimony, you come to understand that the stories in Luke's gospel are not just stories, they are real, and introduce us to a real person, Jesus Christ whose presence is ever alive in our world today. These stories have the power to change lives, and in this case, the story of the Nativity of our Lord did just that for me. When the gravity of adversity and discomfort in our world begins to suffocate us, we must take refuge in the only name that matters, Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. The year is 82 AD. Rome is still flourishing in its golden age. New trade routes are expanding the city's capital. Systems of law are being more refined and workers are receiving better wages for their families. I have called this place my home for as long as I can remember. It is here I was given the opportunity to study law under some of Rome's most esteemed instructors. My diligence in academics soon paid off. 
and after many years as an overseer of the city's trading enterprises, I was elected as censor to supervise public morality and manage some aspects of government finances. I don't consider myself to be a religious man, but I value seeking the truth wherever it lies. But enough about the dull nature of my employment and opinions. I was talking about Rome. As prosperous as the times in this city may seem from my description, it was all achieved at the price of relentless bloodshed and thirst for power. Conflict and violence seem to be the fabric out of which this city has been formed and are the only contributors these days for any ambition for growth. As Rome expanded its governance, the need for soldiers to control new territories and keep the peace between towns was ever rapidly growing. I know because my son Caius enrolled as a soldier and was placed in the 12th Legion of the Roman Empire. I guess this is where my story begins. Before I could even express how proud I was of my son, he was sent to the province of Mesopotamia to settle conflicts in the eastern markets. There was no word from Caius for three years. None of my attempts for correspondence seemed to reach him. You can only imagine the weight of worry that brings upon a father. As I waited each day with anticipation for some message from my son about his whereabouts, the commander of the 12th Legion requested my presence at the Roman barracks. He said it had to do with Caius. It was not at all the kind of message I was expecting, but if it had to do with Caius, I wasn't ready to ignore it. When I arrived at the barracks and entered the commander's quarters, having no idea what to expect, everyone looked upon my entrance and stood as still as rocks. The commander who was behind his desk looked over to his servant and signaled him with a slight bow of the head. The servant walked over and handed me my son's armor. Empty, lifeless, still stained with what looked to be blood. The commander, struggling to lift his head and explain to me what had happened, simply said in a defeated tone, He was a good soldier. You'll find the rest of his things and your compensation in the sack outside the stables. I can't remember a darker day than that one. Walking back home, carrying the weight of my son's hollow armor, every step became more of a struggle than the last. It was after this news that I realized that from here on out, I would be alone. You see, my wife was taken with fever when Caius was just a boy which left me with the burden of not only managing a city, but raising a child with the hopes that he would have a father who could be everything for him. A city in turmoil and my family lost forever, now you see why I find comfort in Luke's stories. In fact, it seems to be the only comfort in my life right now. Even though I feel completely helpless in the circumstances, it has left me to welcome new methods for peace in my life 
that I would have never pursued before. Little did I know, in Luke's accounts, I was encountering the very person who is peace, Christ the Lord. When Luke first had his gospel delivered to me, he had left a note with words of encouragement inside the pages. It read, May these stories of our Lord and Savior, who came and died so that all humanity might be saved, help you to prepare your heart to see and welcome him whose name is Emmanuel, for God is truly with you. With me, I thought? How could God have possibly been with me in any of these tragedies? Did I miss something? And even if he was present in my darkest times, he has certainly not been there for his own people, the Jews, for they have been terribly dealt with by persecution of every sort. What kind of God claims to be with his people, yet he does nothing to enlighten their burden? While these questions stir within me, I return to the beginning of Luke's Gospel with the account of the foretelling of John the Baptist by the angel in the temple. Luke writes that the angel appeared to Zechariah, father of John, and told him not to be afraid, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. I wonder, then, what it takes for this God to hear us and to answer prayers. Is he choosing to be distant from our pleas, or is it rather that he is being a good parent? I can remember denying Caius many times in his childhood from the things he thought would benefit him, but a father looks out for his children, even if that means denying their requests for things not so important to their development. Maybe Luke's words of preparing our hearts has something to do with our development, but for what? Later in the account, the angel says to Zechariah that his son John will make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So it is the Lord we are to prepare ourselves for. All I could think about is how difficult it is to prepare for anything during such times of despair. If this Son of God is truly a king, surely he deserves a people who busy themselves with the necessary preparations to receive him properly. Sometimes the world has a way of restricting the way you can prepare. What do you do then? Before I could go any further with this thought, a knock at my door broke the silence of my meditation. Rising from my chair, I placed Luke's gospel on the table and slowly walked over to the front door. I opened the door to find a young man, a soldier by the look of him, fit and all in order. He had a hesitant look upon his face as if he was having second thoughts about bothering me. Yes, I said. Hello, sir. My name is... I'm a soldier in the 12th Legion, and I knew your son, Caius. There's something I must tell you about him. I promise this won't be a waste of your time. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our website to discover other episodes at franciscanvoice.org.